So non-duality, non means not, and then duality is two. So basically, there isn't any non-duality. So there's no non-duality meanings, because where would they be? You know, so they're duality meanings, really. So a, a someone who invites people through non-duality uh, shares or teaches them about duality. You never talk about non-duality because then it would be the dualistic person in a sense listening to it, which would override the message of what you are uh, because of the identification of what you're not. Yeah? So this is the dilemma with a lot of teachings because non-duality can't be approached the same way you would teach like somebody math or teach someone how to do sword or how to you know, dance, because the premise would be you would start here and then you'd learn steps and then you'd get to be better dancer and you would arrive at a certain place. But non-duality questions the here. It just wants to question the basis of where I believe I start and where I believe I end. This assumption that we're some kind of a, a doer, yet also the body that the doing happens through. So there's a... If you look at duality, it really comes from dualism, which is the subject-object dissonance we all have. Because sometimes you're thought about as an object, yeah? And sometimes you, you, there's a sense that you're the thinker. So at one point you feel like the subject, the other times you feel like the object. So there's a split. That's what non-duality represents. The split of dualism then in a way, projects a dreaming of dualism, of duality. So now you see yes and no, this and that, because of the dissonance that's happening seemingly here. So non-duality is a different type of approach that has no approach in it. It's just a, a negation of something. And, if, and it's based on that what you are is in the act of being identified as what you're not right now. So what you are not who you are, but what you are, is in the act of being identified, or can be, in the act of being identified with what you're not. And so, if the identification has been successful, then even the topic of what you are will be looked at from what you're not. So you'll be looking for what you are from what you're not, when non-duality would switch it to you'll see what you're not from what you are. Yeah. So you would look at, you would go in a different direction. It's the same thing, but instead of this emphasis, it would be that emphasis. So how do we have that allowed to shift is to lose interest in this emphasis. Because the, what locks us into this emphasis is the idea or the sense that it's us. Yeah? And we're basically being tranced out all day by the language in one's head. Because the language is obviously a personal pronoun language, noun language. And it keeps stressing that we have a lot to do with a lot of stuff we have nothing to do with. So, like, you know, I use, always use this simple example, but it gets the point across, which is I hadn't been in New York for a while leading a discussion, and I was there, and a person who had seen me before came in and said, Hey, Paul, you're growing your hair, because my hair was longer. 
So I said, oh, no, yeah, I'm growing my hair. You know, I'm doing a pretty good job. It looks nice. You know, I'm proud, proud, proud about it. But he was balding, so I said, you're not doing too well. And I said, hey, listen, we have a group that we grow our hair together, and maybe you could join it. It would help you grow some hair. And I could go on and on about how I do it and all the pride. But in fact, all that I do is not cut the hair. I have nothing to do with growing hair. If you asked to say, grow the hair, there would be absolutely no way <laughs> I could come up without a grow the hair. So this language is constantly, seemingly, we hear it all day. And the attraction to it is it's in our voice, what we call our voice, which is also a pointer at the identification. Because it's the voice produced by these vocal cords. How could you say they're yours unless you identify as the body, yeah? Obviously. So, I mean, there's an identification as the body because the sound of this body you call yours, which is just the whole, it, that explains the whole act of being identified as what you're not. Because in non-duality, you're not a thing, yes? You're, you're, a, you're the subjectivity or the awareness or whatever, but you're not a thing. So, non in duality, it's based on thing. It's based on you and me right? Subject, object, this and that. But it's not, so this is just an imitation based on that premise. It never, non-duality never becomes a dictate or a draft. No one's getting drafted into non-duality. It's a simple imitation. If, it, if the shoe fits, you wear it and see what happens. If it doesn't make any sense, then move on and do what you need to do to take care of yourself. So this doesn't exclude any of that. It's very inclusive. But again, in my view, non-duality is not a path to illumination, but it will, will illuminate whatever path you're on, whatever life you're on. We all have different seed assignments, and then those seed assignments will be lit up by our own inherent light. Yeah, yeah. instead of looking for the light with the light, you'll be looking from the light. It's a totally different experience. So it's actually not an experience, a state in a sense. And that state starts influencing all your experiences. It's not an experience. You don't have an experience of yourself, but you experience everything else a little differently. And my, my reporting back over years of entertaining this idea, I would say that how it could be translated would be traveling lighter as the action figure. Yeah? It doesn't say the story of my life is just going to get great. It says that I'll travel lighter whatever the story has in store for me. Yeah, like cancer, losing a job, breaking a leg, whatever, getting promotions, all that stuff. You'll travel lighter. And after a period of time, you know, you come to the conclusion, what more do you want, really? I mean, your idea of enlightenment would probably dissipate quickly if you felt content and satisfied. It's like now, lose all interest and these symbols of what you really like to feel now. You know, you may think it's the absolute contentment, but you have no freaking idea. But you can respond to a contentment and satisfaction now, and it causes a chilled outness, you know? You just chill out, and the pursuit of what you would call happiness can become like a leisurely walk because you're happy already. You're not looking to get something, you're expressing it. So that's my take on non duality. So I'm not a believer in that there's any teachers of non-duality because you can't teach what you are. <laughs> it's impossible. You can teach what you're not so that you'll recognize you're not that, but you can't teach what you are. Maybe someone's done it, but I've never seen it. It's impossible because you would have to be something else to teach what you are.
Yeah, You'd, there'd have to be two to teach what you are. So non-duality to me just looks at what you're not. So what am I? Am I the thinker of all the thoughts? Or are the thoughts noticed and then there's a process of the mental state that implies by the thoughts that I'm the thinker? I would say it's the latter, yeah? Am I the feeler of all the feelings? Or are there feelings first and then the mental state says, hey, all those feelings imply there's one feeler, it's you. I would go with the latter, yeah? Are there actions and the actions, there's an actor and then there's the actions or are there actions that imply an actor? I would say there's actions that imply an actor. So I believe what comes after is implied to be before and therefore when it's implied to be before, that which is before seems to have to be forget, forgotten. Or it wouldn't, it, the, the whole story of Paul wouldn't get any traction, yeah? So, uh, this is my, well, I spoke Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Hmm. Obviously, I haven't, or I would have cut it, stopped a few hours ago. But, uh, you know, it's like beating a dead horse in a way. I mean, I really believe that you have the equipment to understand without that much prodding. I think you just need a simple invitation. The invitation can be repeated quite a lot because it's an invitation. It's sort of like, here's an invitation to go to dinner. Where? Here. When? Now. Yeah? So, next month you come to the meeting, here's an invitation to go to dinner. Where? Here. When? Now. And so, it's just, so hopefully you'll... Uh, <laughs> You'll see, you'll see the activity that's implying what you are as what you're not. And in that, in that seeing that, you'll have a sense of being the seen. You know? You'll have a sense of being the awareness, not being the one who's aware. Because there is no one who's aware. There's awareness of one, but there is no one who's aware. And it just switches it. And uh, mm, your satsang attendance may go down dramatically. Your subscriptions to certain magazines may be canceled. You may not be listening to DVDs or watching them 13 hours a day. I knew the one lady got in touch with me in Skype. She had figured out that she'd spent a million dollars, a million dollars in this. She listens to videos 13 hours, doesn't sleep at all, thinking the more she hears it, the best chance she's got. But she doesn't see that what's identifying to be the hero of it is not her. So. It's just unbelievable. So if I do, if you ever hear this and you attribute any of it to me, please tithe, let's say you're at least 20% of your 2019 spiritual budget, yeah? <laughs> so if I save you any money for going from a retreat or buying it, just remember, kick down some cash. <laughs> and sure, I'll be deeply appreciative of it. Because really my job is to become obsolete quickly and to save you freaking time. So this is the message. So I'm not in agreement with a lot of ways non-duality is presented because because of groups and stuff, it can turn into therapy quickly and then you're helping other people or the person, which is fine in different venues, but non-duality, really, the offering is nothing. Yeah? It's not offering any help. It's just offering a description of what we can easily take to be ourselves. And so we're just describing what we're not with the hopes that what you are hears it. Now I've learned for many, many years of attempting to slip this letter into the mail slot. 
done. <laughs> so it's very clear, at least with me right now, I'm not talking to you about this message. And it's not, and, the, and who's talking it isn't from here. Yeah, it's just the message isn't, I'm not throwing the message at you because I know if I talk to you about the message, it doesn't go anywhere. I'm going to talk to the message about you. <laughs> I'm going to talk to what you are, because if what you are, as you know, when I was a kid going to school, Catholic school, they used to have this Catholic, you know, like a Catholic class once a week, and they would say, the three attributes of God is it's all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere. So I believe this awareness is everywhere, so I don't have to throw it far. I just got to get through your defenses, yeah? And they are, and they are many. They are a legion. <laughs> so... I re it's almost like releasing spiritual sperm, yeah? So there's, a, there's an egg of mind, not mental, but mind, and the message is trying to get to that egg, and yet there's you and all the activity of you which wants to claim whatever it can capture. So I know damn well that if one gets through, it's going to hit mind, and mind's going to conceive an idea, and the idea is, hey, I may not be that, yes? That idea of Paul. Yeah, and then, and then in a sense, as soon as it gets that idea, the next idea it has is I can be free of it, yeah? And then suddenly it may happen like it's happened to me when the egg occurred, was it downloaded immediately why I ha I've been trying to be free as it my whole freaking life. I have been trying to be free as what I'm not. I was trying to get free through what I'm not. I was trying to get freedom for what I'm not when the freedom is from what I'm not, and because it's non-existent and it's an activity, the freedom is really always available at all times. It's not predicated on that non-existing thing getting vanquished because it's non-existing. I don't have to kill anything because it never lived. All I have to see is I'm not that. I am not the thinker of the thoughts. I am not the feeler of the feelings. I am not the doer of the actions. But if you go to that just description, to the doer, the feeler, and the thinker, it goes nowhere. So I just like questioning that. I like to question the thinker, the feeler, and the doer, and just see, maybe, maybe it's not as true as you believe it is, yeah? And maybe there'll be a little light between you and it, and maybe you'll see it as something other than you, and basically, the voyages are really a finding out. It's never knowing or understanding. You find out what you are by knowing what you're not, yeah? So I'm gonna use the same old thing. It's a good one, the lion and the sheep. Sorry, Amelia's heard it 80 times, but it's a pretty good description. She doesn't care. She's never learned, she never listened to the first time. So she doesn't matter. Just enjoys the space. We but here you go. So it's a simple one. You may have heard it. Papaji used to use it way before. Hinduism has had it a long time. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, in a lot of teachings, they attempt to get this across, this idea, usually unsuccessfully, but they attempt to. So this one is a very simple one. So there's a, a mother lion and a cub, yes? They're roaming around the savannah. Something kills the mother lion, and the cub is abandoned. It's awful. Now the off, it doesn't know what's really going on, so it's roaming around, it doesn't know how to hunt and anything like that. And in the distance it sees a herd of sheep. 
So it starts moving towards the sheep. Now the sheep recognize it as a lion, so they get a little worried, but it looks like the lion doesn't even know it's a lion. So the lion sort of enters the herd and tries to ingratiate itself to the herd and now starts acting like, tries to act like a sheep and it sits around listening to all the old sheep told the stories about becoming a sweater and everything and gets its hair curled and there's some of its friends are trying to teach it, you got to get the ba down, not that roar, the ba, 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 ba. And so it's doing what a sheep does and, you know, living like sheeps and interested in sheep gossip and everything. But it feels a little bit irritable, restless, discontent, something's not right, but it doesn't know any better. So then even marries another sheep and they have weird looking babies, which they rationalize, hey, you know, it's just a freak of nature. And they go on and on. And then suddenly one day an old lion comes in the savannah, sees the herd, wants to eat, runs after it. He sees this lion, the young lion, thinks it's joining the hunt, but then it realizes the young lion's running with the sheep. So he like veers towards the young lion, grabs it, the young lion rolls over and goes, please, Mr. Lion, please don't eat me, I'm a humble sheep. The old lion's perplexed, but just grabs the young lion, drags it over to the water hole, sticks their both heads out, the young lion sees their reflection, <laughs> bammo, yep. It doesn't like, no, it's not like it realizes it's a lion, it realizes it's not a sheep. That's the direction. That's the total direction of a message of non-duality. It has nothing to do with you becoming a lion because you already are. It has a lot to do with you recognizing you're not a sheep. Yes, because you may be in the act of sheeping right now. And so when you hear the message, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, the little lion in you likes it, but it gets, it hits the sheep programming and gets turned in, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. The message of non-duality doesn't have a step B. It's a pure, simple fact of not two-ness and then a finding out of oneness by seeing what you're not, by having an understanding, I'm not that. Yeah, by like there's a great Zen master, Dojin from Japan, and he had a long statement, but the beginning of it was, you, you know, but so Buddhism is the study of self. To study the self is to forget the self. You see, when you study what you're assuming implies you, yeah, because there is no thinker, there's the thought that there's a thinker, yeah, yeah. So if you study what implies to be you, or in one way you can use self-inquiry. There's a lot of, lot of little ways of trying to just ask the subjectivity, who the hell or what the hell is it? That, that direction, in a sense, works. I don't even want to go to self-inquiry because they can still have a sense that you're doing the self-inquiry. And to me, I don't want to have, see the, there has to be doing for the, the doer to be implied. To the least amount of doing concerning the message to me is the most efficient message. Because one little bit of doing goes a long way to imply a doer, yeah? So I'd like to see, so this has nothing to do with anything. You just hear the message, hope, and it's sort of like being in a spiritual shoe store, you know? I'm gonna put in, and you may have ideas of what kind of spiritual shoes you need, like maybe, you know, hiking shoes because you're going to go a long spiritual journey or the Himalayas or shit.
but I'm just going to bring out some shoes and go, here, try this. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. All right, put that on. See if it fits, yeah? All right. You can't use light to seek light. You can't use the mind to seek mind. Okay, hey, wait a minute. It just explained to me I've been in the act of seeking the Buddha as the Buddha for most of my freaking life. Okay, just keep those shoes on. Another one comes your way. Hey, whatever can be perceived can't be perceiving. Bing, 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 we're all off the game board. Yeah, I'm perceiving you. You cannot be what's perceiving. You're perceiving this. This cannot be what's perceiving. All right, we got all the things out of the way. Now we're on to something. So when the mental state keeps resurrecting, keeps reinforcing, keeps supposing, keeps implying that you're a thing, not by its own light, but by claiming actions, feelings, thoughts, by claiming them and using them by the word my to imply you're the owner of the thought or somehow you're the cause of the thought or so, somehow the thought's about you. You cannot think about spirit. You cannot think about awareness. You can think about awareness as a concept. You cannot think about awareness. You can think about things, yeah? I can think about something about that car. I can think something about that person. I can see, think something about this chair. I can't think anything about this space, basically. Yeah? So all these activities that going on with no volition on your part. Yeah? Thinking just seems to arise, doesn't it? Feelings arise. Actions occur. All right. Lots of actions occur during your day. Lots of thoughts occur. A lot of feelings occur. This mental drive... I don't know what else to call it, sort of an aberration, that mental drive uses the thoughts by claiming them to be yours to reinforce the idea of being the thinker, yes? So all the thoughts imply the thinker. Now, as soon as the implying of the thinker sets in, then the thinker thinks it has all the thoughts. But the thoughts produce the sense of thinker. The thinker does not produce thoughts, yeah? The thoughts are used to imply the thinker. So here's the thoughts, then the thought, then the thinker is implied. And as soon as the thinker implies, as soon as we buy it as what we are, yeah, as soon as we, oh, that may be so, then suddenly this thought of being a thinker goes, and now it becomes the thinker of all the thoughts. Yeah, same thing with feelings. Here comes the feelings. The mental state claims the feelings to imply, hey, you're the feeler, yeah. All right, feeling, 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 feeler, all right? Which is just another feeling, in a sense. But this, this feeling goes, it implies the feeler of all the feelings. So suddenly, one feeling now becomes the feeler of all the feelings you notice during the day, all of them. You believe it's all your feelings. You believe almost all the thoughts are yours, and definitely you believe the actions coming through this are yours, completely. In this world... The body is the linchpin of the whole spinning dream. The body identification is key because all those bulletins of being the doer, the thinker, the feeler has to be pinned on something, and it's pinned on the body, basically. And so it comes to the, the, the habitual conclusion is I am thinking, me. To the, even to the point that the conscious contact, consciousness, you know, that which is conscious of through us, is claimed, and you and I believe we're the one who's conscious. Yeah? 
we actually assume when they're seeing that we're the seer. There's an assumption when there's hearing that I'm the hearer. There's an assumption when there's feeling, I'm the feeler, when there's tasting, I'm the taster, when there's smelling, I'm the smeller. It's a huge assumption. There's just seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. There is, the smeller is derived from the smelling. It's not the other way around, yeah? This, not the smeller smelling something, but the smelling of something is used to imply the smeller. So what comes after is implied before, and a great master, Ramana Maharshi, says it beautifully, just hear it, you know? The presupposing, and pre means be before, yes? So there's a supposing, so there's an, there's an assuming of before, a pre-assuming of a non-existent thing. Let's say this is a non-existent thing. Without animation, the body isn't doing anything, yeah? I could have a perfect eye, perfect, could see anything, but if, out, if it's not animated, it ain't seeing anything, yeah? So the animation fires this up. So suddenly the animation enlivens the non-existent thing. The brain takes it to imply that it's you that's animated. You're the animation to the point when consciousness is flooding and producing the experiences of this living, the consciousness is claimed to be an attribute I have. I'm the one who's conscious. I am. <laughs> I'm the one who's seeing. I am, but let's try seeing. <laughs> let's start with, there's absolutely never been seeing. Let's see you see. <laughs> and does any, does seeing exhibit any thought or effort, really? Do you have to go into seeing lessons? You know, try to practice seeing. Do you get exhausted, start sweating after seeing a lot, three o'clock? No, of course not. Do you have any volition overseeing? Not much. You can put thing pads on, don't you see anything? But if you were looking out the window, you're probably gonna see what goes by the window. <laughs> Even if you took a vow never to see a bird, it'll probably be broken at this house in like five minutes. So, <laughs> so this whole idea is just a, really a fight quite a paper floor that we're building a lot of other assumptions on. So, so, see, the biggest quality of this magic trick is time. Time is the quality of the magic trick because we, as this, think time goes from now to the future, yeah? But the mental state uses something that comes after the action to imply the actor. So it, it leapfrogs back in time and now puts itself as the subject when it isn't, yeah? And now we suddenly live life from a false reference and it produces a lot of havoc in a lot of ways. To the point in spirituality that you could actually be convicted for looking for what you are from what you're not. Not that you're gonna be convicted for it, but looking for what you are from what you're not, which is totally the antithesis of seeing what you're not from what you are. So seeing what you're not from what you are is the horses in front of the cart. Looking for what you are from what you're not is the cart in front of the horse. 
And this is a simple correction that never needed to be corrected. The horse is always in front of the cart, but now you don't think so. So therefore you live as if something's so, that's not so. So when there is a correction, the correction is thrown out right away because it's an imaginary problem that the reality is entertaining. We're the dreaming of this place, yeah? So what happens is you stop being in argument with really, and what floods in is acceptance, to tell you the truth. And uh, the greatest way to allow things to change is to accept them. <laughs> and you have to admit from what you are, the best you could probably do is tolerate for a period of time and then flip out when it doesn't let go. <laughs> so I don't feel like the mental state is able to accept anything. Yeah. So this is an acceptance of what before could not be tolerated. And uh, it provokes a lot of traveling lighter. And again, you know, I thought I wanted enlightenment and awakening, but really I just wanted to feel satisfied and content. That's basically it. And they were just symbols of something that had no meaning to me whatsoever. They had a lot of meaning, but really no meaning to what I am. What I am is responds much better than just simple contentment and satisfactions that's always available at all times. It doesn't really want to go on a huge lifelong goose chase. Yeah. It just wants to be chilled out right now. And so it is. Yeah. So, um, so what I just got involved with is seeing how all this stuff happens. And so I have downloads and it just informs me of what's happening. And because I have a seat assignment to share with people. So that's what I do. So one of, I, I call it all selfing, yeah? So selfing represents all the activities that we're mostly relying on, the thought system, the perceptions, the memories. All those thought, all those systems, if the attention and interest goes there at any moment, you will catch them in the act of being identified as a self. Yeah, so the verb is, it's not a verb of act of being identified and then a noun of self, it's a complete verb. There is no self, but there's a selfing that implies a self. So this, there's a verb that's implying a noun, that's what's happened, yeah. So, all right, so there's the act of being identified as self, that's what I call selfing, all these activities. Because they can never culminate into a thing. They can only insinuate, imply, presuppose, assume that there is one, but if they can't ever bring it up into reality, because there isn't, yeah? So, all right, so this act of being identified as a self. So as I shared today, and I'm happy new people here because I really like it always to be an introductory uh, message because that's all you need really. The rest of the curriculum is on you by entertaining these simple ideas, see if they fit, if they fit where, well. yeah? And maybe, uh, your deck will get reshuffled yeah, without, you, without your consultation. You'll observe the effects, but you're not going to be the one that's directing them. Yeah. So, so if you go in, obviously, it doesn't take much. Memories are a thing. You remember you, remember you as a body five years ago. Yeah? You couldn't remember you as spirit. You couldn't go... Oh, I remember the spirit was in Oahu, 2013, and, you know, there'd be no pictures of it or anything like that. You picture your five years ago as a body, and that's how you remember yourself, yeah? You remind yourself as a body. 
And then when you're worrying about in the future about you, you're remembering yourself as a body by worrying in the future. They're the same activity. So the selfing, because it doesn't generate its own existence, it has to imply existence. That's why time is so important. That's why the past and future is so important, because that's where the imaginary Paul is supreme in a sense. That's where it's always the center of it all. So you're remembering you and every other you as a thing, as a body, and you're worrying about you as a body. Yeah? <laughs> so in that worrying about you as a body, uh, in remembering about you as a body in the past, you're remembering you as a self now. And when you're worrying about you as a body in the future, you're remembering yourself now. So the being a body is remembered by occupation of past and future. That's how it goes simply like, you know, the I am in spirituality, the I am is just the incessant onness, you know. No one can deny that they're awake, you know, you're on now. All right, so, but the mental state tries to get around that by going, I was Paul, all those pictures, my baby pictures, they prove I've been Paul all these years. And then I will be Paul, or why would I be worrying if I'm not going to be Paul? Why would I spend days of weekends worrying about what's going to happen to me in the future? Yeah, so it goes, I was Paul, I will be Paul, therefore I am Paul now. So it arrives, it has to arrive at the space of I am, but not through its own light. It has to use the I am's light by entertaining I was and I will be to get to its false I am. So now the I am is being used to, to uh, verify you as a body. <laughs> you think you're on. <laughs> it's a robbery, incredible robbery in time. And you're the thief. And you're the policeman that catches the thief. You're the whole show. So, <laughs> so all right. So if you see it, I mean, all you need is one string of thinking, and it's all it does is replicate, duplicate. It doesn't have really some incredibly artistic riffs. It's just a simple repetition of a robbery. So that which comes after implies before. Consciousness triggers contact. The contact mental process arises and claims to be the one who's in contact. And it doesn't get questioned much, so he just fucking, I can't, it can't believe it's getting away with it, but it just keeps on fucking doing it. And then we live a narration of life instead of life itself. And that's why it seems to get dry. That's why our imagination when we were kids was lightening up our days. Now it's just creating Armageddon's in the future. It's the same imagination. It's just being directed by the mental state now. Yeah, for its own purposes, to be obsessed with you all day. Because it can't, the appearance can't hold. It has to constantly keep reappearing. It's a constant reappearing. So selfing is selfing is selfing. Because at any minute, if you were doing something that was sufficient to draw your attention and interest out of this activity, you would be free from self. Maybe love making or surfing or artistry or quilting. There's so many passions that pull us out of this little activity of what's not happening. Yeah? Yet, as soon as 
that force subsides, the mental state arises and says, I was the one that was feeling free in the quilting, or I was the one who was free in the water. It will claim its own absence as verification of it being you. And if you look at epiphanies, people talk about epiphanies, and for me, they're like just a, an intervention of, in time where the story stops and something else something that I feel always occurring occurs in this little story, but it usually ends coinciding with the thoughts, I'm having a, an epiphany. As soon as the mental state claims the epiphany, the epiphany is over. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you catch the robber tons and tons of times, but you just keep going on because time is like a tunnel. It's sucking you to the next moment, seemingly. So you can't really ponder then it's just like the, the, the uh, attitude of the head. You have a miracle at 10 in the morning, you forgot it by 11.30. But a resentment of 40 years ago, you remember like it was yesterday. It's, it's not a very, it's a very biased system, yeah? It sort of likes to, like if you're feeling really good, it gets suspicious quickly. Like, when are they going to figure out I don't deserve this fraud? <laughs> but if you have a little feeling, a little discomfort, you're thinking you're entering a lifelong depression. You know, you got to see. Why would you want that to be the director of the movie you seem to be appearing in? Mm -hmm. It's like a fucking mutated Steven Spielberg, you know? It's fucking... So there is a possibility but you can't get free from the system through the system. That's the whole point of non-duality, is to question the legitimacy of the system itself, which is self-centeredness. So if you took the center of the system self out of it, then maybe the system coagulating around that idea would loosen or weaken, because it's your energy that it's using. It doesn't have its own energy source, it has to live off of us. It's like the moon masquerading as the sun because we ignore the sun as us. So now we look at the moon, which is only reflecting the sun, as the source of the light. Yeah. Hmm. So that to me is really what non-duality is today for me, this minute. Could change tomorrow. But I really just see it as an invitation to look at all the activities that are... It's like... The text of spirituality as a living book is available for all of us. It's happening right now. We're all on some page of it where there's actions occurring, thoughts and feelings, and you can see the robbery. You can see it. You can sense it. You can sense that really you're produced after the feeling. You can see when people talk about feelings, they'll say, I didn't want to feel that. So the feeling, the acknowledgement of feeling happened, and then they arrive and say, I didn't want to feel that, but they felt it already. Yeah? I see, I'm seeing already before the seer is produced. The seeing is first, and then the seer and seeing gets established. Without the seeing, there would be no, there would be no splitting of the event. Yeah? That's the raw material of the interpretation. The seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting and touching is caught by the mental state and then cut. And then the seeing, a very little attention to the seeing, but a huge emphasis on the seer, 
and then, and then a small emphasis on the seen. So everything that's seen, yeah, imp everything, all the different things that are seen, just reinforce the one seer. So every seeing, the seeing can stay small, 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 but it's larger and larger and larger and larger assumption of the one seer. So at one day, you, many tons of sensations have gone through this body and a number of them reach awareness or consciousness and they're all being claimed to imply the one feeler. Yeah, it's amazing. So you have ample data or minutia to keep reinforcing the suggestion, the assumption. The selfing doesn't produce a life, but it claims one by what's happening with us. And in a way, through ignorance, in a sense of ignoring it, and actually we've, the mental state is addicted to its making. See, the mental state will spend lifetimes of becoming spiritual, but would never love to be spirit. It wants to become spiritual because then it's all about it, the whole journey. But to be spirit really has no interest in it. It can't write a blog about that because it already is. It can't be a heroic uh, vanquisher of the demon that's fighting it because the, the thing we're dealing with is a non-existent thing. It doesn't exist. Yeah? It's an appearance. It reaches the only highest level it can reach is it appears to be true to us, really. And give the example with the light bulb, that question I asked you on Friday regarding how, I guess, awareness can work, uh, you know, how awareness, God, consciousness, whatever you want to call it, works through everything. And I like the example of like, a, I'm trying to imagine it as how we're functioning as a light, we're the light bulb and we're trying to. Yeah, see, but there's a light bulb, all right? Let's say. Yeah. So the light's emitting a light. The mental process comes into consciousness, then claims to be the shade. Yeah, and now the shade says it's the source of the light. That's how it hides the light. Like Jesus says, don't put a bushel basket over the light. In a sense, the bushel basket would be identification as the light. Yeah, and in, in other words, thinking you're the one that's seeing blinds you to the seeing. Yeah, that's how I would see it. But I don't understand the idea of a light bulb. I was, I was imagining, because I heard Romana in one of, or I read in, in a book and he kind of described it. Well, I think he gave, a, it was like more of a, the radio example of how, see the person talking through the radio and that, that's like me talking to you guys. He gave the, uh, I wish I had that quote, I should have mm. wrote it down. But he gave the example to, to the people around him that, I guess, the functioning or whatever, the way he was communicating to them was kind of like the voice coming out of the radio. Well, yeah, this is the radio. Yeah. See, so if this is the radio, can you blame the radio for the music it plays? Hmm? Can you, can you right. say, oh, become proud as the radio because of the music that's being played? It can play any kind of music. That's its ability. It's transmitting, but it's not the source. It's not the, co it's not the writer of the music. 
And Ramana was basically saying he's not the source of the message. He's just coming through. Something's coming through him. But there is no Ramana. There is no person. This is the problem. You pin the message to the messenger. When the messenger is, is just a conduit of something. And then the, you don't drink the messenger. You drink the message. Yeah? In my view. So the idea of a radio to me is it's transmitting. This can transmit, yes? Whatever comes through it, it can transmit, but it's not the cause of what's coming through it, yes? So he would say maybe it's the self, which is the Godhead, and it's everything is all that, yes? But I don't know, I don't know the quote. I just wanna see I think the best I can do for you is to describe what we're not, really. And then you can find out what you are. But I'll tell you, I feel it's very detrimental to be described what we are and be hearing it as what we're not. It doesn't fucking go anywhere. Now you just make a thing of the void. You think it's like in Nebraska or something, the void or whatever, emptiness. No one has a fucking clue what it is. Just, but you'll find out and have a sense of it if you just see what you're not, yeah? Because I believe, I humbly believe, the arising of the mental state is the fast, the quickest process that's happening here. And I don't believe a process that you do here could outdo that, yeah? So I do not believe that you can meditate yourself out of the meditator. I just don't. I don't think you can do yourself out of the doer I don't think you can think yourself out of the thinker. I don't think you can feel yourself out of the feeling. Yeah? Every feeling is going to be claimed to imply the feeling. The only thing can beat that gunslinger is the gunslinger of timelessness. Our own inherent condition is not a process. So basically, the gun, our gun is out at all times in timelessness. No matter how fast selfing is, it can't outdraw us. So if you see it from here, from before the process, you see it as an activity. If you hear about it after the process, you think it's fucking with you. Yeah? If you see it before, it's an activity that's going on, just like blood circulation, just like whatever. Yeah? It's happening. But what the trick with it is, it's using everything that's happening to imply the one. Yeah? It's a, it could never just arise and say, I'm the one. How it arises by claiming every thought, the feelings and the actions, the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, it claims it all to imply it's the one. It, it derives its reality from reality in a sense, or it, lets it, it derives that it's happening from what's happening. It uses what is happening to imply that it's happening. You can see it. It's not so. Could could you describe what it's like to live lightly? Uh, yes. What your daily life? Yes. Okay. So I remember when I first got sober, I got sort of became responsible. You know, you know, I was a drug addict. I responsible. So I figured, man, I've got to find out if I have AIDS or not because I was a prime. Uh, I had gotten run over. I had a lot of blood transfusions from the 80s. I was an intravenous user. 
So I got the test, and at that time, you had to wait three weeks to uh, hear about it. So it was amazing. I just felt like I was in good hands, and I traveled rather lighter through those three weeks until I heard the message, which I didn't have it, yeah? But I didn't act like I had it for those three weeks. I just sort of stayed open, did what was happening, and I was amazed as an observation. Jeez, you know, it's pretty chilled out, and then I got the good news, yeah? And so, okay, tons of things like that, yeah? And I had a lot of examples of how I had traveled in the same scenarios, and then the same scenarios, let's say with different nouns, would occur, and I would see that there was a lot, I was traveling a lot lighter with absolutely no effort or thought, yeah? It was just like a, and it stabilized, and it went through years, and it has been going through years of a lot of the same situations you run into life, which I've had experiences with, which I felt I had traveled quite heavy in some of them. The heaviness was that, man, I had to get loaded on life on life's terms. I didn't like to be here. I wanted to get out. Yeah? All those drives and, and heaviness was being, was being provoked just by living a day at a time. And then suddenly, well, what I really felt was an acceptance flood into my life about that which I thought could never be accepted. Because as the doer, I felt I had done things that I could never be forgiven for. Yeah? In other words, in my own head, I had been convicted of crimes and there was going to be no fucking parole. So basically, I was living out a sentence in a way. And I had a lot, let's say I had four, let's say, life, uh, life sentences combined. <laughs> you know, I could not get out of things that I had done in my little mental court. Yeah. And then to see that acceptance flooded in over time, almost as if you left a valve open and a lot of water came into an empty space, you know, just flooded in. And then that thing that was in an empty space took its first breath with gills and it lived in a better environment or an atmosphere under that water of acceptance. That's sort of what happened. And that wasn't brought about by anything I did or anyone did. It came about from something else, yeah? And that's something else I attribute to the of, not the in, yeah? So that's what's happened. And it's allowed me to be loved, to receive love from another, and to love another. It's allowed a lot of things that weren't being available in my life, yeah? I could have worked really hard trying to make them work, and they never budged. And now there was just an acquiescence of this is how things are and they've changed. Yeah. And therefore, as humbly, I believe, as an experience here, most people, when something arises, they deny it a lot. And sometimes it did not, keeps coming up and it wants its five minutes on the stage. In acceptance, it's allowed to have that. It doesn't mean you tolerate it. Yeah, if it's meant to move you to do action, you will, but there'll be an acceptance of it as what's happening instead of a denial. That can't fucking happen. Yes, and I find truly how you let things change is by accepting them just as they are, which I do not believe can be trained or you can learn. I have to, I can, I believe you can express that by a fundamental change, but I don't think you can learn how to do that. Yeah. So I've just seen 
changes that have occurred by observing them as they move through this experience, yeah? Yeah, so there are also ways I've seen it. You know, I've been with people with cancer. I've had a rough time physically. I got run over twice, you know? I've had a chronic condition since 1980 with the leg. It took a lot of things I loved away. It made it difficult. I haven't really run in 30 something years, except from the cops, that's about it. <laughs> I haven't done a lot of things that I used to do. And, uh, and a lot of quality of life was taken away in some respects, yeah? It's very difficult to get back into the water and surf again, all this. But uh, that could have been, you could have traveled really heavy with that. I was in the hospital with a lot of people and a lot of people went really south from bad accidents, like suicides and going, I was already an addict, so I didn't have to get become one. <laughs> but other people, yeah, so uh, traveling light, Light is an art. I can't, uh, produce, but I can definitely express it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel happens. And non-duality, the two events in this little story, like the two things that I call real solutions here was getting struck sober was one of them because the way I got stroke, struck sober, I've never had a strong desire or a thought to drink or use again for 30 years. So the problem doesn't exist for me. That's a damn good solution concerning addiction and then non-duality. Because what non-duality did, it brought a light to everything. Yeah. And it changed direction. It changed It changed the direction of life for me. I feel most people are looking from self and starting as, as that as their reference. And therefore, if you start a journey with that false reference, it's like buying maps to, up to how to get to LA on the, based on the assumption you're in Omaha. It can be that absurd that you're already in LA and following all those maps to LA are actually taking you out of LA, yeah? And it's all based on the assumption you're in Omaha, yeah? You don't need to fucking figure out the ways to get to LA, just see if you're in Omaha or not. You may not be, yeah? So if you have a, th in time, there's gonna be steps, let's say. There's gonna be actions. Let's say there's an incremental little bit of a, miscalculation. That's nah, nothing. You can't even notice it. But if after 80,000 steps, you're way that way. And the dilemma with this, if you try to use that which thinks it took those steps to retrace it, you just double the story. Yeah. <coughs> this message is before it all. It's inherently available. There's no, there's no requirements on it except the ones you from here make. Yeah. You can truly find rest there. Yes. But not by having a monastic fucking vow being participating here as much you can do because you have enough attention to make it through a day. You do, will never have enough to make it through seven years in what's not happening. 
in a day, but you have enough to live here in a day, and the rest of the attention can be resting in itself, which to me is presence. Yeah, yeah? I like that. Yeah, and you'll just make it through, and then, you know, the pursuit of happiness will change quite a lot if you're content. You like a leisurely walk, or you'll just fucking stroll it to somewhere else. Yeah, so its effects have been great to the point where it was it's it became the last answer, which negated any need for any other answers. And there hasn't been a new one in years. And I don't think anything's coming down the chute, really, to tell you the truth. I think all of that is over, and it's just entertaining it now. Yeah? Learning all this shit has its point, but really it comes to a point where it's entertaining what's being, what's revealed. Yes? Yeah. I know a lot of people in AA, they keep wanting to work on themselves. They don't enjoy their sobriety. Yeah, the working has, the only point of the working is to reach a point where you don't have to work. Yeah? The best thing a tool can do is not to be used. That's my feeling. I don't want to become a master of how I deal with things. I just don't want to have those things to deal with as much. Yeah? <laughs> really. So, this has a lot to, you know, it's just been, I'm just blown away by it. Because it, it totally, totally, you know, in the head, while you're in the head, it makes total sense. But if you see it from outside, it's insanity. It's based mm -hmm. on insanity. Its assumption is off, and its whole story is built on that assumption. It's a paper tiger. Yeah? And it has a lot of fail-safe mechanisms, because the act of identification, then when you feel irritable as, as that system, and then you try to leave the system, you leave the system as the system, which continues the system. The, the system is is producing an imaginary in that you want to you feel like you want to get out of and you're wanting to get out of it gives it a reality of being in so the biggest in is getting out most of most spiritual paths are reinforcing the in with the hopes of getting out but they're mostly reinforcing the in if you see it man it changes things you have the ability just don't think so much it's not even that. You can't help that. You're not the thinker. And also, again, the fire is pretty much self-burning. You don't have to throw a lot of logs in. It only takes one a little bit of one log, and then it catches the whole place up. You don't have to keep throwing it in. It's best to sort of let it burn for a while. Yeah? I remember when I first entertained it, people would call me, a great master is coming. I said, well, hope you have a nice time seeing him. You missed a great master. Oh, shucks, sorry. Oh, someone else is coming up. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> because I realized I felt I was exactly the same before I went into the meeting, during the meeting, and after the meeting. And then that absurd thing I had with the guy, that was the last time I ever went to one, where a, this guy came from Zen, and he was talking to a large group, and he says, you know... This is sort of funny, it's like, and it's an old Zen saying, I'm a man standing by the river selling water. And I said, oh, that's pretty funny. He started laughing himself. Mm -hmm. Then he started laughing. I heard, never heard him laugh like this. He says, 
I'm like a man standing in the river selling water. Mm -hmm. I got it and left and never went back <laughs> because we're all fucking drenched and we're trying to buy water. What an insane idea. So. Hmm? You said you can't teach us acceptance. Why do you think that? Because you can't. You can accept, you can, you can have a time acceptance, which is really tolerating when you expect a result sooner or later. And if it passes the, the, the time you were, you were allotted to the result, then you get resentful usually. I don't believe the mental state can accept. I can, I know it's, acceptance can come through us, but I think it's a, byproduct of a shift in head, really. I do. I still don't understand Guru again the difference between surrender and acceptance. Because for me acceptance is just another word for surrender. Like when you are in that position of letting all happen the way it happens, not striving too much to make Well I would say surrender would probably be the first acceptance. And initiates the state of acceptance, surrender. But is it something that cannot be taught? Hmm? You think it cannot be No, because I know for me it had to be triggered. Because you would think I would have surrendered after getting run over by a car twice, but I didn't. What happened with me when it came to drugs and alcohol, and that's what I call a surrender, it was a regular day at the office. I had given up all hope at that point. I was just trying to stay loaded till I could get high. And then something interrupted the whole me and something downloaded. And basically the download was a, like a news flash on a screen. It was a headline, no story. And the headline was, I'm fucked. Yeah. Now I'd been fucked for quite a while, but it was like news to me. And that was the surrender. I realized that I wasn't managerial quality that point and uh it's never come up for review or never you know doesn't come on the table for debate every three years it's just done deal and everything pivoted on that when it came to recovering from alcohol and drugs and that to me is surrender it that demonstrated surrender and from that point on i could entertain surrender which in the me and for me turns into surrendered yeah so the surrendering doesn't have to look all this incredible. You're in a surrendered state. Because I feel if you, I think we all do. I know I have, which I didn't know, but I have the ability to be convinced. Something convinced me of the folly of self-will. Mm -hmm. Just did. And I was done with, I was done with believing any of that. Yeah, so that to me is what surrender is. I think you need to have the gift of it and then you can entertain it. I don't think you can conjure it up, but maybe, maybe some people can. I would have thought of getting run over by a car would have done it then, you know, or getting shot at or getting dying from overdose, but no. So that's it. I'm just reporting what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I just get downloads basically about ideas. A lot of them never get translated into words, but then I have this seat assignment, so some of it gets translated into words. But something is digesting life for me and then regurgitating it back through this. I mean, this does not get the, 
eat the food. It just gets the di gets uh, regurgitated, and then things are explained. Basically, everything is explained as reverse engineering. I just see why I was fucked when I'm not. You know, when I have relief, it's like I know the problem from the solution. Yeah. I get the relief, and then I can see why I didn't have relief, seemingly. And then it's very easy to recognize what's happening. Do you think it helps to just get quiet and observe? It, whatever helps for you. I think we all have our own little... After something gets established, it's going to be reinforced or expressed however it is uniquely through everyone else. I don't think there's a rote format you can offer. I don't, you know, so I feel like you got to, you know, flexibility is the key. If I'm feeling like a little fried out, I like here sitting in where the water was playing, you know, it doesn't take long to just sit there because water sound is a very good way to go because it's hard to locate, you know, a thing in sound, you know, you can get this thingness can be lost easily. Vision is very supportive of thingness, you know. Vision is the most co-opted sense. But sound is probably the most opportunity for freedom, mm -hmm. I feel. So sound, I like a lot. So, and I have a sound all day going on. Maybe it's titness, I don't know, but I like it. And I just go to that sound a lot too. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I take care of myself. I have AA, you know, if I, act, if I, if I step on someone's toes, I make amends. I can. I mean, I had to, uh, you know, talk to my girlfriend a number of times and just admit that I was not seeing clearly, and she's corrected me. Sometimes not in the nicest manner, but I, but I can't have any opinion about that. But it worked, and uh, yeah, yeah. So it's just a. I mean, if you really want to be feel really great, then be on a path, you know. You'll get a lot of reflection out, after, out of doing. Non-duality really doesn't give you much on the, uh, on the blog level, you know. You're not going to be writing very interesting adventures, you know. It's just basically chilled outness, yeah. But it's got to, if you've got that interest, it's quite cool because you don't get anything out of it, really. It's like an empty state, which I dig for some reason, because I find in life mostly everyone gets something, and it's really good to get nothing. See what happens. I think nothing is everything, really, if you stick with it. So I think that's what non-duality is. So, yeah. So I don't get anything out of these talks, and especially I don't get much money either at times, but I don't get anything out of it much, which is, I love it, really, because most shit... My head can make something out of what I do, but it doesn't. Been, it hasn't been able to figure it out with this, yeah. Because it's so obvious, even to it, that it has nothing to do with what's coming through. No fucking way. Its concerns are like, where's the latte, or the when are we going to have the ice cream? Not fucking thinking about metaphysical things. Or the peach pie. Or the peach pie, you know, and the ice cream, the combo. So it's not. It's got its own concerns that it's. It wants to get this over to start dealing with it. But, uh, and, you know, 
And then, see, I'm afraid with the talk sometimes, I feel like it's like beating a dead horse. I'm not a believer in more. I don't believe the more time you focus on this, you're going to become clearer. I think it's more dispersed awareness, you know. You're just open to, and I call, if you want to call what people call studying, to me is entertaining. I don't study. I just, the ideas are in there. The perfume keeps getting released and I, you know, you entertain it. You entertain the ideas and see if they gain traction. I like that. Yeah, and if they do, they do. And if they don't, discard them. Do not allow rigid arthritic dogma to set in. Fuck. Mm. Don't think you know it, non-duality. Because you don't. So it's a beautiful, like the highest mind in Zen is I don't know, don't know. It's a good attitude. Yeah, it keeps uh, everything revelatory. Yeah. So, happy this is over now. So, it's been a couple of days. Hmm? I don't even care about the pie, obviously. I'm just joking. I'm joking, though. I'm care about the ice cream. I, I'm happy Colette made I'm actually, Colette took a vow of silence yesterday, but she's now broken it today. Which is nice. So she's back with us. And Sydney just got back from Canada. You're, you're practically, you haven't even had a chance to gather We're in Canada. An island in British Columbia. Oh, uh, which one? Saturn. No, I did, we were just in Vancouver. Yeah, same way. Oh, yeah? Exactly. If you draw a line from Vancouver to Victoria. It's in the middle of it. It'll be in the right there. What's the name of it? Saturn. Oh, do you know Byron Bay? Um, uh, What's the one? Not Byron. The one off of North Vancouver. Famous one. I, did, I spent a lot of time there. Don't come to me. We were just on Lopez Island <coughs> and uh, Bashan Island. And, um, yeah, so I did some talks on Bashan and Vancouver. Yeah. Well, there feels like a difference between like me sitting down and watching the baseball game drinking a beer and doing stuff like because you, you you're saying that it's somehow that it, it doesn't matter no it does but matter to the action figure you yeah, like it seems to be a difference yeah that's your predilection you don't look like a giant fan to me. <laughs> I don't know yeah yeah so the predilection this is more your scene my so predilection speak. yeah but there's yeah. nothing wrong with it no, no way. i mean there's nothing wrong with sitting and drinking and watching tv and there's nothing wrong with having the predilection to do this. No, right? no, you enjoy the space. Why would you want to keep yourself from that? Yeah. See, you know, uh, all right, I want to talk no, one thing. Because you keep saying, don't come, this is pointless. You no, know, I'm not. I'm, I'm, getting I'm, a, I'm getting a dead horse. Whatever. You know, <laughs> so it's like, well, I used I'm to, using I, reverse psychology. You're right, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm getting my wishes, unfortunately. I actually I'm enjoying the space. You're right. I'd much rather do this than go and watch a baseball. I know, honey. And we, we miss you terribly if you weren't here. So keep coming back. And you, in a sense, have loosened up unimaginably since I met you. I'm you your, spink, your spiritual sphincter was pretty I'm tight. Now it's a little loose. It's good. It's very good. Huh? No, no. See, you know, all right. So look at Buddhism, right? Some people have been introduced to Buddhism. So in Buddhism, there's the four noble truths, right? There's 
suffering or malaise, you know, dukkha doesn't really mean yeah. suffering, it has a lot of things, but like a, like a vague malaise, like in AA we call it irritable, restless, discontent, a certain dissatisfaction. Because life is looking to be more reliable than it possibly can be. Like something that comes and goes cannot satiate our need for, you know, real or reliable. So it's like we're shopping at the wrong store, yeah. can't blame the store. Yep. All right. So it says desire is the cause of the suffering. So, all right. If you look at that, I want to just change it a little. What is the mental state involved in? The mental state is, in the, is involved with a desire to become self. Yeah. And then to desire to unbecome what it believes it already is like a loser or not a, not lovable or something like that. Right. So the selfing in this binary dualistic system, it's in a desire to become what it can never be and a desire to unbecome what it never was. So those two desires are thwarted, yeah? So this is like the slinky that motivates the agitation. <laughs> the agitation begets more agitation because the selfing can never become a self, yeah? And then the other thing, you can't unbecome something that never was. Yeah. So to me, that's the root of all suffering is the desire to become and unbecome. Yeah. And then you have desires, desires, desires. But I believe the nucleus of it would be that. Okay. So then they say there's the eightfold noble path. Yeah. And they usually, if it's, it looks linear. So they start out with right view. So what's the view they're implying? Anatta, no self, right? Or non-self or there can be an appearance of something, but there's no solid thing, whatever you want to call it. So non-self, anatta, is, is the right view, all right, which is non-duality in a sense, all right? So the right view. And then there's right livelihood, right meditation, right understanding, and a few more rights. Now, I believe you can't meditate yourself into the right view. But with the right view, whatever you do, the rightness of the view migrates into those activities. But the rightness of the view can't be produced by the activities. You're not gonna get a right, you're not gonna produce a right view with meditation. But meditation can be right with the right view. In other words, you'll there'll be meditation as just doing without a sense of doer. Even though the sense of doer is produced, it won't click. Yes? Mm -hmm. So that's right. Yes. Understanding right. Livelihood's right. It doesn't mean there's one right livelihood. The right comes from the view. It's not the livelihood produces the right. It's the right livelihood migrating from the view. So the view of non-duality or non-self is the right view in this little analogy, right? Yeah. Right meaning it's so. It works. So for me, non-duality is a fact. There is no two, yeah? There's an appearance of it constantly, but there is no. So everything is happening, but nothing ever culminates into happened, yeah? It's just happening. In a, in a way I see it, it's dreaming. So there's only verbing, and the verbing is used by the mental state to imply nouns. So suddenly, just verbing turns into noun and verb, which is duality. Yeah. So now, and then it can go to such extreme 
not questioning the duality, you want to fit that two-ness into oneness, some mythical idea, and the two-ness is too fat to get into oneness. Yes? You've got to see there is no two-ness. And I don't believe there's even oneness, then there's just is. So the right direction, like the right view, is not to go towards that, but to see where you're starting from. If it's a false reference that is, the, is where you're launching all your journeys, all you need, don't change the journeys, just see that. That's correct view. Yeah, so now in time, you're seeing correctly. You're seeing that the action implies the actor. The actor isn't doing the action. The action happens and implies the actor. The mental state uses it to the plot. The action doesn't imply a damn thing. It's used by the way it's being looked at. It's used to imply the actor. And then suddenly, that which comes after, which is the actor, is seen to be before, which fits in with the statement of Ramana, the presupposing of a non-existing thing. Yeah? A presupposing it. And that presupposing can't hold, it's not true, so the supposing has to be reinforced. What's happening all day? Everything that's happening is used to reinforce the presupposing. See it, Does, will it change if you see it? I don't know. Try it, at least see it. It's the one quality that is untouched here. It's the one quality that's unblemished. Yeah, you can scar any fucking thing. You cannot scar no thing. Yeah, it's like that giant sky. It allows everything to appear in it, but is never affected by anything that appears in it. That's like mine. Yeah, have a little of that come into this place where you're living under constant threat of losing what you have and not getting what you want. Where's the leavening? Are you going to find security here? Are you going to find lasting rest here? No, of course not. It's not the appropriate place. You bring the lasting rest to this place. You are the light of the world. The we, are, we are the light of the world. Right, right. Yeah. I'm just the way Jesus Yeah. So, I mean, you've tried so many other things. Why not try no thing? See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> really? I strongly suggest it. I think it's over, yeah? Oh, yeah. It never is, but yes, it's coming to an end. So let, let's see. If you like to donate something, it would be great. If you want a book that's non-linear, that will support exactly what we were saying, this book is it. We did it about six, seven years ago basically doesn't come off target. If you're into fashion, we have t-shirts. Some say Zen bitch slap, some don't. They're nice. And uh, basically, I'm not interested in any of it, but hey, if you want it.